I know I say every conversation on this podcast is special, and they are, but this one's special for a number of reasons. First, it's the first in-person conversation I'm having for the podcast in around 14 months. Second, it was recorded in a special location, which I'll get to in a moment. And third, there are elements to this conversation that actually connect with the last in-person conversation I had with Lawrence last spring. Now, if you heard that episode, Lawrence and I talked a lot about this place called Camp Kathy. Camp Kathy was essentially a tent city that came together walking distance from my home. And there are a number of folks who were unsheltered who actually not only found shelter there, but community. Unfortunately, due to a number of things which you can hear in that episode, that community was torn down. Now that community was actually thriving and that was in large part due to an organization called Blessing Warriors that's headed up by Rhonda Sneed. Rhonda is out there. Rhonda isn't just doing ministry to people who are homeless. Rhonda is loving her neighbors in authentic ways. She is out there every day. She knows everyone's name. She knows where to find people even when they don't want to be found. She knows what they need even if they don't know what they need. And she knows often what somebody needs is just love. Just someone to sit down and have a conversation with. She and her team are doing that in amazing and beautiful ways. And I wanted to have her on the podcast for a while. I actually reached out in the fall. And I believe it was by God's design that it was held off until now for two reasons. One, because instead of it just being a conversation about blessing warriors, now we're gonna hit this topic that I think many of you will resonate with. What do we do when we're trying to seek God, when we're going all in and things seem to fall apart? Things not only get harder, they seem to implode or explode or just disappear. How do we keep on following God when it seems like nothing is working out? Because Rhonda and her team have been seeking God hard in the work they are doing, and they have hit some wild obstacles. But here's the other reason I feel like God held it up. Because it wasn't just Rhonda I got to sit with. I got to sit with Mike. She wanted Mike to be able to share because Mike lives over at this large building. We got a coliseum here in Richmond that has been shut down for, for a long time. When Camp Kathy closed, those who were unsheltered really didn't have many places to go, especially once that pandemic really got going. And for a number of folks, anything that could provide overhead shelter, even if there isn't side shelter, was enough. And the overhangs of the Coliseum became a refuge for a lot of people. Mike is one of those. Mike's been living out at the Coliseum for several months, most of this year. And that home for him is actually in question. At any given moment, fences could go up. But as of right now, he is cultivating community where he is, and he is holding to a confidence in God's love and power in the midst. I was blessed by this conversation. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't plan it in this way, but it was such a blessing for me to be able to sit outside the Coliseum with Mike and Rhonda and just hear their hearts for God, to hear their hearts for loving others, and to realize that they have so much wisdom to share with us. So I want to encourage you to sit with this. We had so many technical issues, but God worked out the audio so that you can hear today. So I'm excited for how this can actually equip you more to be able to go out and love your neighbor, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you have in your hands, because all you need is God and all you need to do is step out in obedience. You're listening to episode 60 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. Um, And I just thank you for this opportunity that you've provided shade um, as we sit out here by the Coliseum, um, that you have provided quiet, uh, and that you're getting us through technological issues because we just believe you are present and you're speaking. So we just invite your spirit. Anything you want to do in this conversation, um, we're ready. Um, And we just thank you for the gift of being able to share the stories you've given us. Let's pray in my holy name. Amen. Amen. All right, so this is special because I haven't recorded in person in over a year and then my first one were on location at the coliseum <laughs> but i'm sitting with with mike and Rhonda, and 
Um, I've known about Rhonda for uh, a, a while now, um, mostly through her work with Blessing Warriors. We've only been in person with each other maybe once or twice. Right. <laughs> but yeah, God really put you on my heart recently as I've been working through this questioning series because you have been investing hard in seeking God and loving others. And no matter how hard you are seeking God, you keep on having obstacles thrown at you and barriers come up and people changing their minds and things happening. And Mike, you shared a little bit, but you've had a similar thing going on where you've been trying to seek God, but you keep on having these hardships hitting. And so when I think about this conversation, one of the things that I think about is like, what do we do when we're trying to seek God and it just seems like things are getting worse, things are getting hard, nothing's working out. So I guess just to start, Rhonda, like, tell me a little bit about, about you and, and Blessing Warriors. Like, what is Blessing Warriors? Well, I am a veteran. When I got out the Air Force and went back to New York, I couldn't find a place to live because I didn't have rental history. So my husband, myself, and my four-year-old child ended up homeless on the streets of New York. And my parents were livid. They wanted me to come home, but the military trained me, make it. And I promised God, once I got out of that situation, I would never forget where I came from. And believe it or not, three more times in my life I ended up homeless. Mm. Not always due to what I did, but I ended up homeless. And when I came to Richmond in 2013, I retired medically. The doctors would not allow me to go back to work. I moved to Richmond, didn't know but one person here, and um, I was shocked. People were sleeping in doorways in the wintertime with no blanket. I didn't think Richmond had homeless people. Mm-hmm. But the more I saw it, the more I had to do something. So that was my first obstacle. It took them a year to get my retirement straight. Mm. So everything that I saved up for was slowly gone. I started going to food pantries, seeing how that wasn't working. Yeah. People were not getting what they really needed. So I met a couple of people and, and I told them, when I get out of my situation, I'm going to do something. So I started serving with one crock pot and cups from the dollar store, chili or soup, whatever I could make. And as time grew on, I started to meet people out in the street. And sometimes people just want to talk. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed. Sometimes people had literally nothing but the clothes on their back. And they would tell me, God's going to get me through this. Trust God. I'm like, this man has nothing. And I'm having issues. Mm-hmm. So they bless me more than I bless them. Yeah. And so, you know, I started and people wanted to help. And the name Blessing Warriors came from the citizens of Richmond came together and they developed that name, Blessing Warriors RVA. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind the RVA is that right when we first started, this lady was praying. And she said, you know, what, what you're doing is not going to be just in Richmond. This is an idea that people have to have globally. Yeah. That we have to help each other. You can't wait for the government, the church. We have to help each other mm-hmm. and trust God to do it. And God's doing it. I, I don't have anything to give people. I can go and contact the Facebook page and say, I need 20 tents. Before midnight tonight, I'll have 50. Mm-hmm. God is providing, even yeah. when I think. I can't make I, the obstacles. I mean, I like Mike. We met out here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was laying in the bed over there. I was sick. And she jumped out the truck, and I told her, I said, I can't get up because I'm sick, right? And she looked at me. She brought, she brought whatever she had to bring over there to me, you know. And she said, oh, you sick? I said, yes, ma'am. Like that. And Miss Rhonda is, is Miss Rhonda is one of the beautifulest women that I ever seen, mm-hmm. ever been around. Mm-hmm. We could call her when it's snowing, man. Yeah. And she would come and get us. Yeah. That's a beautiful woman, man. And I look at her just like she's my mama. Mm-hmm. For real. Because she's been there for us since we've been here. Yeah. And I've been out here, what, six months? Yeah. You just won't stop coming to see her. You better <laughs> run away as you. <laughs> and she'll uh, find, she'll find her. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. We you know. And... That's my story for the day. I, I thank God. And I know God. Hey, I know God. And nobody never told me nothing about God. I learned this from experience. Mm-hmm. That's a God. 
Because you... Some of the situations you had to deal with. Okay, the man left when I first died. The man was finna hit me with that. You know, them things. Mm-hmm. The defibrillator. Man, and it feels just like something just like, boom. <laughs> just tapped you. And then I come back. There I was again. I'm out. You were dead and then you were alive. Like, I'm going like this. I said, Doc told the doctors. I said, y'all perfect. Thank y'all. But ain't nobody. Ain't but one person did that. <laughs> uh-huh. Raised the man from the dead. Mm-hmm. And it says that in the Bible, when 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 everything come up, God gonna raise every dead person up. Yeah, yeah. I got my chance. Mm-hmm. I'm going for the second one now, cause <laughs> yeah. he's already raised me up from the dead. Yeah. Same thing happened to me in New York. Um, I was at work and they gave me. I went to the dentist and they gave me penicillin, mm-hmm. and never had a reaction. But I took it while I was at work that morning. Within 30 minutes. I was declared DOA at the hospital in New York, mm. and doctors couldn't understand it. They could not. I could hear them in the ambulance, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell you, in all honesty, I was upset that they brought me back because I had never felt such peace in my life. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it, was, it was ultimate peace, but then I realized when I came back, because I couldn't work for a couple of weeks because I was... Physically exhausted, they said my body had shut down, but God told me he had other things for me to do. Yeah. So, those are powerful stories, right? And I think what can happen sometimes is people can hear the one story and miss the other stories. Like One one of the big issues, I think, in the church when we think about moments that we question God is that we're all for God when things are going well, but then when things are hard, then we start to wonder, does God actually exist? Am I seeking him enough? Does God actually love me? And what I'm hearing from y'all is like, you do have these powerful stories of like, you were dead and God brought you back. But you are still choosing to follow and love and celebrate God, even when things are still hard, when you are still hitting hardships, when you're still living right here. Oh yeah, I bless God every day. And so, so tell me about like how, if someone is feeling like it's hard to trust God when things are hard, like what would you say to someone like that? How do you trust God when things are still hard? I don't worry about it because I trust God. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the circumstances. Well, it's about who he is. He's God. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. He took a, who, who else? Ain't no, ain't no man come over there and did nothing to me when I was laying up over there. What were some of the hard times you had to go through? Oh, there? I couldn't walk. I couldn't hardly talk, I couldn't hardly move, and every time I tried to get up, I ache, or either I, I fall down, remember I had that? Right. I fall down. So why not just give up? Uh, oh no, I ain't never giving up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it up to God. I'm going to let God have it. Mm-hmm. See, I'm going to let God have it. Yeah. Because I know he can, I know, I know he can handle it. So what I hear you saying then is, some people define God by what he can do for them. What you're saying is God is God regardless of the circumstances. Whether somebody is living in a mansion or in a tent, that doesn't change who God is. God is the same. He's the same. That's right. God's the same God. And so when we understand that, then that, imp- that changes how we deal with circumstances. Because if our understanding of God is based on things being good, then things aren't then. But if our understanding of God is he is God, period, then even if things get worse, <laughs> even if things fall apart, God's still God. That's right, God's still God. How do you feel him giving you strength then in those moments? Like, what does that feel like for you? He's, uh, he's just pulling me close. I call it pulling me close to him. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he could have took me out, but I feel there's something special he wants me to do. Yeah. Put it to you like yeah. that. Cause he could have took me out. Mm-hmm. He kept me here for a reason. It could have ended on that snowy day. That's right. See, I, I hate to say, see, my grandma is 106 right today. Woo. And living. Wow. And that's who I go to when, like, uh, remember us, uh, sitting in your hall, when he used to go, hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When that get to that, hmm, I call my grandma. Mm. And grandma go, and my grandma go shoot to you straight. She don't, <laughs> she don't go crooked, <laughs> no, she go straight at you like, what? Uh, yeah. 
She doesn't beat around the bush. No, she don't beat around the bush. <laughs> and she won't let you know. It's just like when I used to talk, call and tell her, I'd be getting high, asking God to take it from me. Mm. When God took it from me, uh -huh. I called my grandma. You know what she told me? Be careful what you ask God for in his name, Jesus, because he's going to give it to you. Mm -hmm. Took that taste right out of my mouth. Wow. Six months, what, seven months free. That's, hey, cold congratulations. Cold turkey. Congratulations. That's cold, big. Cold turkey. Uh-huh. I ain't going to no program. Mm -hmm. Just say, I'm finished. Done. I'm through. I'm done. <laughs> I'm finished to be 60 years old. I'm done. Uh-huh. And God been blessing me ever since. Mm -hmm. Now let me too, cause I talk to him just like I talk to you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I, when I talk to God, I don't all that heavy stuff. Right, right, right. I right. go straight to him. Yep. Just like that. I'm gonna tell you, God raised me up off that bed there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're good to him. Yeah. All of them. If anybody she bring around here, man, they they good to us. Yeah. We don't worry about. I'm, I'm telling you, we don't. Back here, we don't worry about. We don't want to say they spoil it. We don't worry about nothing. Mm -hmm. If you got her coming bringing food, then you got other church people coming bringing food. Then you got I mean, people just bring food, man. Yeah. We ain't hungry. Mm -hmm. I don't think God will let. That's right. God provides. <laughs> God provides. That's right. But you said something earlier too that I think it's important for people to understand is that like you appreciate the food but it sounds like the thing that is more valuable than that is is the love that they're bringing oh, as well oh, that yeah, they are oh, yeah, like oh, yeah, she knows your there. name she has conversations yeah, yeah, with you oh. she knows where to find you when you don't want to be yeah, found yeah, right. because she knows you that deep and to be known oh, yeah. deep mm -hmm. and it's hard when it's the opposite of that when you feel unknown or unseen yeah, yeah, and yeah. like that can really weigh on a person oh, yeah. and so like there's something deeper like she's i mean she's got a trunk full of food <laughs> and water right now but when she steps out that vehicle that's only a, that's that's just part of what oh yeah she yeah, and yeah, yeah, are bringing. yeah 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 and you said something Rhonda, that i thought was powerful too that you were talking about if if you needed tents you could post it and there'd be 50 of them but what you said is god provided you right. also knew that people provided it but you have an awareness that it's god working through people tell me more about that you know, I thank the people, but I thank the people for listening to God. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, most people don't think about, a lot of people want to help the homeless. They want to help other people. But it's God that puts it in their heart. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, like when, when they took Camp Kathy down, I was mad. Yeah. I was so mad and I was angry. And I was angry at God. I said, God, why did you have me do this? Mm-hmm. For them to tear it down. Because when we put it up, I sat there in the car with Kathy and I said, what are we going to do this year? I can't let these people lay on the ground again. Yeah. We sat there. We talked about it. I cried. I said, God, what do I do? And it's like God said, put up a tent. Mm -hmm. Kathy thought I was crazy. <laughs> I said, we're going to put up tents. <laughs> That's how it started. So for them to come tear it down. Yeah. But... The people that were there became a community. Yeah. For however long it was, they learned that to help each other. Yeah. Even till this day, people that were there, whether they stayed there or came through there, they'll let me know. Miss Rhonda, I saw Jacob over here. He's doing good. I bought him a sandwich. Mm -hmm. So they, mm -hmm. God is using them, use that campsite at that time. Yeah. I didn't understand it when they tore it down. I yeah. I cried. I was mad. I was angry. But I knew, even though I didn't understand why, God knew what he was doing. Yeah. Even now, they're being harassed here. They're mm -hmm. told they have to leave. They can't be here. They can't be there. They're threatening them with citations. But you have to look at the glass half full, not half empty. Mm -hmm. Because... You may have to move, but right now you're here. Yeah. You may not have anybody bring you food tomorrow, but today you're not hungry. Yeah. God provides it, and I have to catch myself. Yeah. Plenty of times. When they asked me for boots last week, these people are in a program, being paid by the city and the state. And these guys said they need boots to start work that night. And immediately I said, 
You're in a program. They have the money. Mm-hmm. We don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. Make them buy it. I uh, got angry. Yeah. But almost instantaneously, God said, is that not why I have blessing warriors here? Because y'all can get it done. So in the middle of the storm, it was thunder and lightning. I couldn't see. Went to Walmart, bought the boots. And to see these guys, they had a job. And the only thing holding them back from going to work was boots. So it didn't have to be them provided. If God told us to do it, then do it. Yeah. So that's it's hard for people sometimes. Well, you know, they should be doing it. But if God told you, maybe then you should be doing it. Mm-hmm. So I have to catch myself. Yeah. You know, when I go get ice, I think about these guys. It's hot out here. Mm-hmm. And when I bring them ice, that means... I could be doing something else instead of, oh, wow, it's been about four hours. I know it's hot. They need something cold. But they have their ice. So God has provided us with a place that will give us ice 24-7 for free. I can go at 3 o'clock in the morning and get ice. So he has something cold. If somebody comes by and they need something cold drink, he can give it to them. So he's blessing people. God's using all of us. All of us are learning from this experience. Because any of us, and I have been, I've slept on the streets of New York with a four-year-old child and pregnant. And my husband. But if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't understand yeah. this. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So now I, I truly understand it. Truly. And I think that's, that is incredibly important because the difference between you and organizations that say they exist to serve folks who are unsheltered, right? right? The, the difference is, whereas some people may see, quote, homeless people unquote, or issues or problems to be solved, you see Mike, like you see, you see people. And because of your experience, like you can see past the exterior stuff to understand the internal stuff or to press it even more. Like you see someone made in the image of God. And, you know, as you were talking, what came to my mind that I think really just captures what you're saying is God didn't create us to live comfortable lives. He didn't create us so that everything would work out. He's not asking us to follow him so that everything is good. His call to us is love God and love others. And that call, love God and love others, exists regardless of the circumstances like we were talking about earlier, regardless of how things work out. Like you sought God for Camp Kathy. Like you, you prayed about that. You took steps of faith. Our human logic would say, well, that means that it should work out. So then when it didn't work out, it's like, God, why did you put me through all that? Why did, this was a good thing. Why did you let this fall apart? But your capacity to love God and love others didn't change. When another organization has the money and they should be able to buy the boots, right. and it's unfair for you to have to take from what you don't have and make right. it happen, that doesn't change the fact that it's an opportunity to love others. And that's really what Blessing War is, what you as a person, and Mike, what you're doing, I'm sure, and, and your friends and your interactions and your community are doing is you're not trying to fix or solve things. You're just step by step each day. How can I love God and how can I love others? Whether right. it's fair for me, whether it works out, because that's the greater thing. And it sounds like y'all are seeing that. I mean, y'all are out here smiling, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, a lot of people complain about organizations. Can't call them. They call the hotline and can't get through. But then Michael tell you, they call me at 3 o'clock in the morning. And you are out there. Oh, she coming. She coming. She's coming. And the thing about it is, I have what the doctors determined is a sleep disorder, mm. but it's actually a blessing mm. because while others are sleeping, if Mike needs something, right. he don't have to sit there, I hate to wake Miss Rhonda up. Miss <laughs> Rhonda's probably up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's a thing where where man sees it as a disorder. Yeah. It's something that God is using in me yeah. to serve others. Yeah. It's how you look at something. Yeah. It's how you perceive it. Look at all the stuff around here. We try our best to keep it clean. Other people see it as a bunch of homeless people sleeping yeah. around the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. So if you had a bench out here and everybody was sitting on the bench, yeah. would you say a bunch of homeless people sitting there? They're people. Mm-hmm. They're, They're no people. different than you and me. Yeah. And it could easily mm-hmm. be me again tomorrow. Well, mm-hmm. see, see, see. When they wasn't bothering us or nothing like that, we used to keep this whole thing clean. Yeah. When they told us, when they started messing with us, telling us we had to move, 
we just stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this whole Coliseum, all the way around this joint was clean. We kept it clean. Yeah. They didn't come clean. We cleaned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the homeless people. We all got together and we kept our, once we got it clean, we kept all the area clean. Yeah. It's a safe place, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And see, then they got the vessel. Everybody said, well, I'm going to clean it for it. They ain't going to pull us out. Tell me the story. You said people that come through here from work, you told me they feel safe. I'm, I, I, I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, you know, we don't be trying to you know, mess with We speak, we start out, we speak to them, then they get a chance to know us, and then all that. And then, I mean, your color people too, your people uh-huh, too. Uh-huh. They, they, everybody comes through here knows Mike. Yeah. And David. Yeah. Because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And I used to tell them, hey, don't y'all be scared to come through here. Mm-hmm. You come through here just like you being comfortable. We said, man, all you got to do is holler. Yeah. One, we're going to hear you. So, man, they started saying, well, I'm comfortable going through here. God has a security team out here. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, there are people who are thinking in their minds, oh, if people are, are sleeping out here, things are going to be worse. Like, yeah, you're, yeah, the yeah, opposite like was happening. It yeah. was cleaner, it yeah. was safer, yeah. and there was a community. Community, <laughs> community right. was built right. between right. people who were living here and people yeah. who were walking through. Yeah. Man, we used to get out there, me and David and uh, Amim and that other dude right there, man, late, late at night. We'd be out there playing cards, playing spades right uh-huh. out there. Until they start messing with us. Yeah. So, yeah. It's you know, they asked me, well, some of them, where are we going to go? I don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. But God knows. God knows. God's going to provide a place. Right, that's mm-hmm. right. God's going to provide us a place, Jack. Believe that. Yeah. You know what I love is, as you were talking, Mike, it, it made me think about episode of the podcast I recently listened to, and I was talking about it before we started recording. My friend who had spent time in prison and had wrestled with feeling like ex-convict was part of her identity yeah, yeah, and who yeah, she yeah, was, yeah. and freedom came when she recognized that's not her identity, that her identity is a daughter of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is beautiful is like, you're, you're not a homeless person. You are Mike. Right. Like homelessness is a current circumstance Fancy, that right. you are in, but mm-hmm. that is that does not identify yeah, you. That does not right. determine your value. And I think if more people understood that, then they would know how That's to like, actually yeah, yeah. interact with yeah, you right, as with Mike. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I think the same is true. Like if I think of it in a different way for you, Rhonda, is like I think you've got you probably have a lot of people that are like, oh, Rhonda. You're, you're just what you're doing is so amazing. I'm so glad you're doing it. And I imagine in your mind <laughs> that you're thinking two things and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. One is like, it's, it's not me, it's God. Right. And then the second thing is it doesn't have to be just me because it's God. Like others can do this too. And that's what's happening. You know, I tell people it doesn't have to be me. If somebody tells me there's a lady on north side that needs a pair of boots, can you give it to her? I said, God used you. Uh, I have the boots, come get them. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. me right. to give it to her. Mm-hmm. God provides it. Mm-hmm. Whoever can get it to them, That's right. so be it. So be it. It, it. You know, people don't understand. I look back at a lot of things, and a lot of my story many people don't know. Mm-hmm. As a veteran, Actually, one time I got to the point where I actually tried to commit suicide. Mm. And they did, I was in the hospital for months in the military. And I had this uh, old nurse who worked with me, sat by my bedside. And she would sit there, and I, in and out of consciousness, she would pray for me. She says, God's got something for you to do. Don't you ever, ever do this again. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many obstacles I come across, there's a reason that God has me brought me through that. Mm-hmm. I went through 20-something years of a domestic violent marriage. Mm-hmm. And I left my husband to another state with 24 hours notice with four children to a place I had never been. Mm-hmm. For God provided. Right. We served the homeless there. My kids, all of my children now, serve the homeless where they're at. Yeah. Where they, they'll cook dinner. We'll they take do. It, they, my grandkids yeah, do it that's too. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Because it's not me. 
It's something, yeah. and I'm noticing there's so many people out here that want to do it and are doing it. And God's just using us to show them the way to do it. You don't come out here. I see people, they toss sandwiches to people. Here you go, here. That's not how you do it. Just the relationship. Mm-hmm. I can come out here and sit with Mike and we can talk and we can laugh, mm-hmm. we can joke, we can cry, we can get angry. But, and Michael tell you sometimes I just come out here and I just sit in the truck. Yes, you do. Just sit out here. Sit out here, yeah. sit out here, sit out here, me and Dave, we talk, we just talk. I mean, I sat out here the other night, I, I, yeah. I, I was through a period where I couldn't understand. I said, God, you got this great big building here. You got the lights on 24-7 <laughs> for how and many And it's years? conditioned in there because it has to be. It's right. You just, people that put boards, put money, plywood is hard to get. Mm-hmm. You can plywood this whole place. Now they get ready to put a fence up here. God, why can't you just get a shelter? Mm-hmm. But see, God is using this time mm-hmm. to introduce himself to people. Mm-hmm. Whether it's us that's serving or the ones who be in service. Mm-hmm. Because this one man... Who was around that way? He slept with his Bible every night, mm-hmm. and he would talk to me mm-hmm. about God. So there were times where I was just like, "Am I wasting my time?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he always had a word for me through yeah. this man. Yeah. Whether I had a house or he had a house, God used the two of us, whoever it was. Yeah. But most time it was him speaking to me. Yeah. So you got to trust God, no matter yeah. what the situation yep. is. Something I've been thinking a lot about is as Christians, we struggle to understand what success is because the world tells, tells us success is everything being fixed, everything being big. And so the world would say that success for Blessing Warriors is that it's in every capital city and every city has a Camp Kathy and everything's running smoothly. And that's not a bad thing. That's just one version of success. Another version of success is none of that ever happens and the world will look and be like, Blessing Wars is just this small thing, but there's a community of people like Mike and this guy with the Bible and all that whose lives have been touched in, in a deeper way than a sandwich in the belly. And now Mike is having conversations and ex- exuding love to people because he didn't die on that, on that, in that sleeping bag on that cold night because God sent you. And you know what I mean? And so like, mm-hmm. there's something greater that's right. happening, but it doesn't look like what the world says is success. And I think that's what, what scares people sometimes from stepping in. They, they have that desire in them, like you were saying. People, people desire, but they have these things blocking them. They want to and, see something physical. Yeah. I mean, you drove here, right? Mm-hmm. Did you know every car that you was around that there was a licensed driver who was proficient in driving? Mm. You trusted God yeah. to get you here. <laughs> yeah. We get on an airplane. 99% of the people have never seen the pilot. Yeah. But we get on a plane and we expect this, trust this man <laughs> to drive us planes and miles in the air. <laughs> you know? Right, I mean, that's right. So we have to start thinking about just how much we trust God. Yeah, when you walk out your door in the morning, you don't, we, we don't never have a plan. Yeah. We always say, we don't know where God's going to send us today. Because yeah. right. I always tell them, We'll try to come back tonight, but yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. right. That's right. God may send us. Yeah. He sent us right. south side tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we we gotta start understanding. Bottom line is God. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bottom line. He directs. Bottom line. He directs everything. He's in charge of everything. He provides everything. And if he doesn't provide it, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. That's right. So someone doesn't have to be smart enough, strong enough resourced enough they just have to be willing enough oh see mm-hmm. another thing somebody that works for the city told they discussed this during camp kathy they didn't know i was going to find out how i was uneducated enough to, to do this mm-hmm. i had no college degree same person came to him last week and said you got sense didn't, didn't they no no she told me she uh, me and her don't get along the way ever since first day i you know, I don't hate her. Like God said, don't hate. My grandma said, "Free to with a long handled spoon." <laughs> yeah, you're still connected, but there's some distance. That's right. <laughs> and she come around and she was talking that old about leaving stuff, leaving stuff. And I see every time she shoot me, I shoot her right back. I wasn't no thinking. 
When she shoot me, I shoot this. She looked at me. She said, you think you got a whole lot of sense, don't you? Mm -hmm. You know what I told her? Exactly. God gave you sense. Why come he couldn't give me none? <laughs> yep. Yep. She, and then the policeman grabbed the door. Come on. Come on. Come on. She bragged about <laughs> her college education. Yeah. Yeah. But when God educates you, Harvard, mm -hmm. Yale, none of these schools okay. can compare okay. to the education God gives you. Excuse me for a minute. Let me tell you something. I told her when she told me about the college education. Mm -hmm. I said, let me tell you something, that college education don't mean nothing. I'm from the streets. Mm -hmm. The ghetto. Mm -hmm. I raised up right there in it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you take your college education, we're going to switch places. Mm -hmm. But I don't want your college education. I want you to go in the hood mm -hmm. and see what your college education mm -hmm. will do for you. Yeah. God can bring you through anything, anything, any situation, whether you're sitting behind a desk or sitting under a bridge. That's right. Yeah. God can speak to you yeah. in your right. situation no matter where you are. But anyway, I put to you like this, I had where when Monroe Park was open, the college kids used to come through there. Uh-huh. And see, they used to stop and talk to us just to see how smart we were. Uh-huh. And, and she said, I never did think homeless people had sense like this. She said, I met a, a homeless old man that used to ride that bicycle. Mm -hmm, right. He was a professor. Remember that old mm -hmm. man used to ride that bicycle all the time? And he was going to all these, trying yeah. to, for the homeless, and wouldn't nobody back him up? Mm -hmm. Yes, I know he's about. Yeah, he did now, I think. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. And man, he used to go to all, I mean, he, I mean be on TV mm -hmm. behind the homeless. But they wasn't doing nothing for the homeless. He's actually a high school teacher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's homeless. That's right. When this hits at it, what we were saying earlier about identity, like people have their assumptions of what homelessness is mm -hmm. and who ends up being homeless. Mm -hmm. And because we want to distance ourselves from things we don't like, mm -hmm. we then have to kind of prop up reasons why we would never be homeless. And so then we'll attribute things like intelligence or willingness to work or oh, this, yeah. that you attach, all oh, those yeah. things. Oh, yeah. And if you don't pay attention, then that will cause you when you see someone that you decide is homeless, you apply all of those assumptions. Okay, just like it used to be a dude, a dude walk through here every day, black man, and you know how we know how we do. We speak. Mm -hmm. How you doing? Doing no look at me like this. I'm going, huh? I said, don't worry about it. I said, God gonna get you. <laughs> he he walked past me for about a week. One morning he walked past me, he turned back, turned around, and looked at me. He said, you all right? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah. He said, you need some money? I said, no, sir, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I said, but I appreciate it. See how God brought him back? Mm -hmm. Huh? And this is what we know that people are missing, and we miss it sometimes, too. But the wisdom of God is foolishness to That's man. Right, right, right. right. Like, so the ways that God sees the world and the ways that God operates doesn't make sense to us and so that's why like you know someone can have a conversation with you and position themselves so as being more educated yeah, and think that's better yeah, and why yeah, you could say yeah, you, no, you don't no, you don't understand yeah, like what you think right, is going to yeah, get you through isn't yeah, guaranteed yeah, to get yeah, you through get you, through, you know right. what do we see scripture saying we see Saul's king and Samuel sent to find the next king everybody's looking for the biggest and the strongest and God's like I don't look at the outward appearance, that's I look right. at the heart. Right. And they yeah, picked David, the little shepherd boy, shepherd boy, that they didn't even bring out because they had just mm. written him off. Mm. But he ends up being one of the most celebrated characters in the Bible. When Peter and someone else are on trial mm -hmm. and they are speaking these tremendous truths, the Sanhedrin look at them and say, they're uneducated. How in the world are they talking like this? Because mm -hmm. they thought you could only say such powerful things if you're educated like a Pharisee. Yeah, yeah. And so what we know and what God is helping us to learn is that he works in a different way. Again, you don't have to be the strongest, the biggest, the smartest, the most resource, have the best ideas. You just have to be willing because God's the one that does the work. And so I want to encourage you, Rhonda, as, as you are dreaming for more people to come in, like when you were talking earlier, you mentioned something that is very true. Your personal experience has helped shape how you engage what you do. Your experience being homeless helps you to see things differently, helps you to know what does and doesn't work. And so without a doubt, like you have a unique experience. The problem is people can stop there and say, well, that's why Rhonda's doing that because Rhonda's been given the unique experience. And so I'll just like encourage her and support her in that, but she's the one that's supposed to do the work. But that's 
not what we see in Scripture. The Apostle Paul is who came to mind, and I want to encourage you that I see a lot of that in you, where he had a unique experience of being a Pharisee, of being knocked off his horse, of being blinded, of God calling him out directly, Mm -hmm. and that shaped his ministry in a powerful, powerful way. But the goal was never for the Apostle Paul to be the only one doing that. Like, what do we see him doing? We see him pouring into others. We see him pouring into Timothy. And the idea was that God gave him what he gave him so that then he could disciple others. So now the next person that comes after you doesn't have to have lived on the streets in New York in order to, that's not a qualification. Mm -hmm. The qualification is, are you willing to go where God says Mm -hmm. to go and accept what God says to accept, whether it looks like success or not? And anybody can be willing to do that. They just got to die to some stuff first. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah, yeah. people who don't realize that won't realize the power that you're having, Mike, because you just, you've shared several stories of how you interacted with someone that changed them in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. And we may never know the seeds that you have planted yeah. that, that one day you'll get to heaven and God's going to be like, Mike, Mike, come up, sit next to me. And he's going to start playing this movie about the guy who walked by. And then he changed other people's lives and like end up thousands of people are impacted because of your little step in obedience. If some people come by here, man, and we get off in the conversation with God, I got some Christian people come over here. We sit out there the other day right there. We all sit right out there, about five, six of us. Mm-hmm. And we was praising God. Yeah. This woman said, well, you talk so good, I'm going to get me a chair. And we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about God. And we sit out there about an hour. We know you have an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God using me, and I hope I hope that you, when I touch them, they touch somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's funny how you said about doing everything. I had a, was on the phone this morning with a young lady, Sharon Boswell, and we talked. And she said, you know, her church was trying to help and try to do stuff, and she said she told them why why recreate the will, and she said, and we do it sometimes, but I told her I said she had a great point. We need to start teaching people how we do it, so they all can we can all get on the same page mm-hmm. and do it the way God said do it, rather than coming here and dropping food off. Explain yeah. to them why we don't just leave it when no one's here. Yeah, so we. Whether you're from an organization from California or work, <laughs> people that work for the city, they think I hate them. <laughs> I, I pray for those city workers every day. Yeah. Because God's speaking to them. They don't realize it. They're just mm-hmm. fighting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God's, God's going to use them to get this right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the goal, what I hear, is, is the goal for, for both of you isn't to fix things or solve things like there's there's little moments where you are addressing things but but the core goal it sounds like is you you're just looking to love god and love others and that's it that's it that's, that's, it. It. that's it you know people like well, you want to run that's not no we're here <laughs> yeah. we're here with the people that to talk about god to love one others to help them to the next step mm-hmm. but i have no goals to be mayor or in charge of yeah. the whole that's, that's not our goal yeah. our goal is to love on people yeah yeah, and that can happen regardless of whether things work out or not. Someone right. can feel and actually be loved even if the bad circumstances stay. Yeah, right. And when someone accepts Christ, that's a day to celebrate yeah. when we out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other final thoughts before, as we wrap up? Anything else that you're like, I just want people to know this. I'm good. <laughs> you said what you needed hey, to say. I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Just like a woman come by here the day, she said, Mike, I ain't never seen you since I've been knowing you. I ain't never, I ain't never seen you unhappy. Uh-huh. So you happy every day. I said, yes, because that man over there best for me to wake up. And I'm not going to let Satan spoil my, spoil my, what's called? You, you've learned the secret to being content That's in right. all situations, right. all whether well-fed or hungry, That's rich right. or poor. That's right. I smile every day. I don't worry about, I'm dead. I don't worry about nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't worry about nothing. Because I got a friend, you know what he told me? He said, Mike, I got your back. Mm-hmm. You know what I told my friend? What's that? I said, thank you for having my back. But I got somebody way better than you, bro, to have yeah. my back. Yep. And he asked me who it is. <laughs> I'm pointing up in the sky. Uh-huh. He said, oh, you talking about my old mighty God. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know about him? He said, yeah. Uh, does he have your back? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. Have your back? <laughs> yeah. Basically, my thing is, no matter what your situation is, 
it's not always going to be easy. Yeah. And you're going to cry sometimes. Mm-hmm. But after you cry, you wipe your tears away and get up because God's got your back. Mm-hmm. No matter how hard, no matter, you're going to cry. Don't think you're going to live in this world and never shed a tear. You're going to walk around mm-hmm. and never be upset. But know that God's always there. Not mm-hmm. sometimes, not between 9 and 5 or 3 and 4. 24-7, God is there. You just got to call up. Yeah. Call him. So you got to be calling. You don't need no phone. Don't even need <laughs> No internet. <laughs> That's good. You will walk, you will run, dance through the streets, shouting praise to the one. You're healed, you're clean. Go out, tell the people what you've seen. Revived in him, new life in him. I keep reflecting on this really powerful moment towards the end of the podcast when Mike was sharing that People who meet him say to him, Mike, you're always smiling. And he was smiling as he said, and you can tell he authentically believed that God was God and God was good. You know, the world could look at him and say, because he lives in a tent, because he lives outside, because this, that, and the other, because he doesn't have wealth, because of all that, his life isn't good. There are a lot of people who could go all their lives chasing after jobs, chasing after money, chasing after power, chasing after reputation, trying to get what Mike has in abundance. Mike has learned the secret to being content in all situations. And it doesn't look like what a lot of us think it should look like. And it doesn't look like what a lot of us might want it to look like. Because we want something other than contentment. We want self-preservation. We want comfort. We want security. But God has afforded Mike the opportunity to know him in a deep and real way. And he is sharing that with others. Look, this this capacity of ours to miss what's right in front of us is not new. I want to read something from John 9. This is talking about Jesus. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. All right, keep listening. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, it is he. Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I am the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes open? He answered them, The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I do not know. And the interaction goes on. More questions, more pressing, more doubt. What I wanted you to catch in that is that the people had seen the man before. They saw the man after And they just couldn't believe that it was the same person because they had attached so much to this man's identity that wasn't his actual identity. His blindness, his begging for money and food, those to them identified him. And whatever they attached to those identities, to the idea of being blind, which for many of them meant you must have sinned or your parents must have sinned, whatever they attached to begging, whatever they attached to those things, they attached to this man and wrapped all that up into being his identity. But that's not how Jesus functioned. Jesus saw that man, as he rightfully was, an image bearer, made in the image of God, a child of God, and he interacted with him as such. Look, I'm I'm just going to be straightforward here. I've witnessed too many people look at others who are unsheltered and attach false identities to them. Assume that they are unsheltered, as we talked in this podcast, because they are uneducated or they, are, they aren't hardworking or they aren't trying or this, that or the other. We have this really bad tendency 
of interacting with people based on how we identify them rather than how God identifies them. And this is what you need to know. Everyone that you interact with today, whether they have a home or not, whether they have an addiction or not, whether they're working through this, that, or the other, every one of them is made in the image of God. Every single one of them is an image bearer. Every one of them is loved by God. So here's the question. If you really respect and honor God, then how should you interact with those that he created and loves? Will we continue to let circumstances and perception shape our willingness to love? Or will we be willing, like Rhonda shared, to just take those steps of obedience, no matter what it costs us? Because we know every single person is deserving of love. And here's the really good news for you. Maybe you're thinking, I just don't know if I have that capacity in me. You don't have to. If you are willing to take a step of obedience and trust God, his capacity can be enough. In my weakness, he has shown strong. His love can be what exudes from you, not a love that you have to create or orchestrate. The truth is, God has called us to love him and love others, but he is also so loving that he is willing to love through us to allow us to accomplish that. We don't have to be smart enough, good enough, wise enough, brave enough, anything enough, except for just willing enough to take a step of faith and trust God. So you are going to have an opportunity to love your neighbor today. I promise you, you will have an opportunity to love your neighbor today. I can't promise that you will see them. I can't promise that you will want them. You're going to have to make that decision now before that moment happens. You're going to have to be willing to say, God, open my eyes to see just like Jesus saw Zacchaeus up in the tree. God, make me willing to take a step of faith even though I know I probably won't want to in the moment. I promise you, you will have an opportunity and I promise you right now you can decide to position yourself to step into that opportunity. And when you do, God's going to work. So take that step. And once God brings that opportunity about, ask yourself, where did you see God? Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Where Did You See God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group, and you will love listening to the rest of their music, so check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?